0: Hi, everybody. This is Todd Krieger, and I'm talking to you today about EMDR and attachment wounds, which I've talked about before, but I want to bring out a specific successful case I have of many successful cases, uh, clients. We call them cases, but they're really real people, clients. Um, And um, to go over what I have said previously is that uh, EMDR is, is a trauma treatment that stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. And it is a very effective evidence-based practice uh, that has been well-researched over decades now, and it is a very superior treatment to deal with trauma than just plain old talk therapy. Uh, the, I'm not saying that talk therapy doesn't have a place, and we do talk, but with this EMDR treatment, it helps people you know, process memories from a, a deeper level than just the uh, left hemisphere uh, upper part of the brain. It, it actually helps heal where the memories are stored in the limbic part of the brain. And it helps people uh, move on and it helps people uh, integrate their healthy parts of themselves with the parts of them that were wounded and traumatized Possibly pushed away or exiled, and yet had a way of running us behind the scenes. Now, uh, EMDR is known to help people process trauma, and people. Have, I used it to because uh, I work a lot with sexual desire disorder, and I held. I had little success helping people who were molested, for example, who had uh, these childhood experiences. I wasn't having the success, so back in. 2014, I learned EMDR, got certified a year after that and in this treatment, and I found myself having much more success at helping people reclaim their healthy adult sexuality using EMDR for that. So that is what uh, we typically have used EMDR for, as well as for other kinds of traumas, abuse, and uh, uh, EMDR specialists have gone to uh, Katrina and... Uh, uh, some real, uh, you know, shootings and things like that to help people uh, heal from that trauma so that they don't develop long-term post-traumatic stress disorder. But there's another kind of trauma and that is attachment wounding where uh, people might not have been uh, obviously abused or neglected and yet they didn't have parents that tuned into them that didn't give them the, the sense that their feelings mattered That they didn't have a place to go where they could develop what we call a secure uh, relationship with their mother or father or both. Uh, A secure relationship happens when, let's say, you have a young child and a mom, and the young child, when the young child is sad or happy or excited or frustrated, that the mom gives the child some kind of Message that I got you, I understand you. Doesn't mean they have to indulge them. I'm not saying that they indulge them every time they have a little temper tantrum, but they're sure not, surely not shamed for having feelings, and they get the sense that their experience is significant, and they're able to process their pain that way, and so that develops what I you know healthy brains where people could learn how to self soothe as well as learn how to let people get close to them. But if you come from a family where, let's say, your parent was inconsistent, and sometimes there, sometimes not, that as an adult, if someone doesn't call you at the right time, you might panic because it to this wounded part of you that had this attachment wound, if you are not there for me right away, it might mean you'll not come back or not come back for a long time because that was the early childhood experience. Or if you came from a family where when it came to your pain, you were kind of all on your own, uh, that maybe they provided for you physically, but uh, you know, just buck up, don't cry. Uh, I, I'm too busy to deal with your pain. Uh, there could be reasons for that. Sometimes parents are just so much in survival mode that they don't have the time or resources to say, oh, you're having a tough time? Talk to me, I'm here for you. And so the child learns to keep their feelings inside. The second one is called an avoidant attachment style. The first one where you're constantly needing reassurance is called the um, ambivalent uh, insecure attachment style. Of course, we all want to have secure relationships in our adult relationships. And it's a lot easier when we've had secure relationships with our, part, with our parents. Anyway, I've seen many clients who have had trouble in their adult relationships because You could trace it back to not so much uh, abuse that happened to them, but really what was missing for them. And for example, if you never had, when you went through tough times and you had to do it alone and you didn't have anybody there to go through it with you, you might develop into a person who has a hard time expecting people to be there for you. You might be the kind of person that just adapts and settles. So I am thinking of a particular woman that I've worked with recently who has a, a dad who really was not there for her, really was so immature, so about himself. His parent, Her parents divorced and uh, but even when she was with him, it really wasn't about her. Uh, he he just reacted childlike and very self-absorbed. And he had a mother who was also very self-absorbed, and it's really all about her and rejecting. So what happens? Uh, you look at her relationships, and she's been... Uh, in a, in, in marriages with, or well, she had one marriage where the person actually had a whole secret life. And uh, then you have uh, another relationship, you know, a series of relationships where she wasn't treated well. She also found that she was always the one initiating and, and always thinking she had to work hard to get uh, the man because she always had to work hard to get her father's love, and really even her mother's. If you came from a family where you just got it, you just got that love, uh, and you didn't have to work so hard, you were treated well just because of who you are, not because of what you achieved or what you did. Uh, in her case, there was not much she could do, no matter what you did. It was People were just too involved with other things to give her the attention she really always deserved. That she just lived in relationships, um, not asking for what she wanted, not setting boundaries, always fearing abandonment too, because she never really had that attention. So when she got a little of it, it's like, well, it's going to leave, right? Because she's used to it, not having it. So just to work hard not to lose it, which oftentimes means, again, settling, not asking for what I want, not being assertive. Um, trying to uh, placate, adapt, look the other way, even though she was maybe being taken advantage of or neglected. So what we have done, her and I, is uh, we have focused on using some of the early childhood uh, memories that symbolize this lack of connection We've actually also used present experiences, actually. And when when I do EMDR with people for these attachment wounds, sometimes we look at whatever whatever, uh, gives them an emotional charge. Sometimes it's just the present relationship. And lo and behold, when we go into the present relationship and she has this fear of abandonment, because of the way EMDR works, her brain went right to the past with her father, also with her mother. And we get to process those memories as well. So we process these memories using bilateral stimulation, uh, just like in REM sleep, when people have uh, stimulate both sides of the brain, it's very easy and painless to do that. They start to process traumatic memory as if it was just plain old non-traumatic, uncomfortable memories, but, but she's able to metabolize it. And what happened with her is as we did this process, when she, uh, when we, she was able to uh, also utilize the resources in her, which is a big part of VMDR, to find there are there are resources that we all have. Sometimes we have to dig deep. Sometimes we don't have to dig so so deep. But what we find is that most people will find a way to ha- to have resources, and that even when we go back into those memories, those resources can be of assistance if need be. Uh, she was able to. Develop and discover newfound confidence in herself. She started to let go of some of the false responsibility that she had for the lack of nourishment she got from her father and her mother. She started to recognize it really at a deep level that it was their problem and that she was worthy. She, uh, in her current relationship, Uh, finally said, you're not able to commit to me. This is not going to work for me. And she set boundaries there. In her dating now other people, uh, uh, so yeah, so this other person couldn't commit. And so she was still hanging on and trying, and she's finding that that is not distasteful to her, that she has found a way to love the little girl inside of her, all those parts of her that she is now beginning to have new and healthy expectations that if you're going to be with me, I need to be nourished by you. You need to be able to at some point commit to me. You need to meet my needs. So setting boundaries and then even dating, she finds herself being pickier, which is good. It's very good. You know, she's recognizing not everybody's for me. That just because a person that, I'm attracted to, likes me, doesn't mean they're right for me. I got to look a little deeper and see what what are my deeper needs. Not just that you like me and that I'm attracted to you, which is nice, but not enough. So it's just just enjoyable to watch her blossom. And she is looking forward to having a, a far better relationship than any relationship she's ever had. And it's all because through the EMDR process, her willingness to face things, um, and us being able to, with the EMDR, helping to process some of these traumas, that she has, she's not abandoning herself. It's really what I want to say, that she's not. You now all these years, she would abandon herself to not be abandoned by others. Now she realizes the key to having a good relationship is not abandon herself. People abandoned her. They, could, they were they were limited, and she internalized that. And now she's internalizing the healthy, positive resources inside of her, and she's it, it's coming out, and will continue to come out more and more. I believe as time goes on, and she's just uh, like I said, blossoming and going to continue to set boundaries, healthy boundaries, and take good care of herself. So I just want to give you that uh, case, and that's one of a number of them, but that's the one that came to mind, using EMDR for uh, people where they've had trauma wounds, and uh, it can be extremely helpful. So I just want to tell you about that. Thank you for listening. This is Todd Krieger, making the world safe for love. That's it for today's episode of Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger for free resources and materials, head over to toddkrieger.com. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.